Yeah, I cried. Uh, I cried real tears, um, real tears when Jermaine Pratt picked that ball off. Um, I was watching it at home, and I was probably I was watching it on Hulu, and for some reason Hulu's like a minute behind real time, so I was probably about a minute late real time. But unbelievable finish, unbelievable. You know, I didn't realize this until. Um, after the game, I, I read some sort of article, but the nine yard line where that play started, the line of scrimmage on that last play was the same nine yard line where the play started, where Andy Dalton broke his thumb in 2015. And it was the same yard line that the Steelers started their game winning drive in that wild card playoff game. Yeah. I, I saw that on Twitter. It was a Jay Morrison that tweeted it or. I think so. It was absolutely, I saw that. That was crazy. I didn't know that either watching it um, because I don't really associate the nine yard line with that. I kind of associate the, you know, (laughs) the failure of the Bengals over the last 31 years, but absolutely. I'm just, I'm still at a loss for words. And it was two days ago. Yeah. I think that there is uh, like, uh, there's no way to put it other than, euphoric um the absolute jubilation and just release of 31 years of sadness and disappointment and failure in that one moment i don't think there are few feelings in life that are ever going to match how good i felt in that moment yeah um i'm thinking wedding childbirth or the birth of your child those are like maybe the only things that will feel better <laughs> than, than that feeling um and it's kind of sad to say that i saw somebody say that i saw a bunch of people on twitter saying how oh it's just a wild card game you, you, people don't understand it's no. not just it's not just a wild card game we're not the chiefs we're not the freaking patriots it's not oh, just a wild card game it's it's a lot more than that yeah, and we're going to save the Titans for later this week because today all I want to talk about is the Bengals finally got over the hump and it's over. We we have yeah. lost seven seven straight in the play, eight, eight straight eight in straight. the playoffs. And to finally have it come at this moment with this team, with this quarterback, and with this coach, you really – you can't ask for anything better as a Bengals fan. Um, and how awesome is it that this happens this year? 
and the curse is broken. And it feels like, I mean, when you compare this Bengals team to past Bengals teams, whether that be 2015, 2009, whichever team you want to compare it to, maybe they don't stack up and maybe you take one of these past Bengals to beat this team. But for it to be this team with the growth that they still have ahead of them, man, does it – you wake up every day this week thinking it is an awesome day to be a Bengals fan. Yeah, I, and I think the, the difference between this Bengals team and those Bengals teams is the ceiling for this Bengals team is much higher than the ceiling of those teams just because of the offense and who's a quarterback. Um, I, I, you know, if you were to tell me that those Bengals teams then, say the 2009 team, could – could could beat the Patriots that year, I, I wouldn't believe you. Because the high of that 2009 Bengals team, the ceiling, I don't think is as high as this. Maybe the floor is higher. Um, I think we could agree on that. But um, this Bengals team, if they play well, I mean, they could beat, they could beat anybody. We saw that. They, they went toe-to-toe with the Packers, should have beat them, and beat the Chiefs. So, um, and, you know, you texted something this morning that was really interesting. I didn't know this. The Bengals have never won a road playoff game. And I know we'll talk about the Titans later in the week, but that is a crazy stat as well. Yes, yes. An absolutely crazy stat indeed. So I don't know where you want to start with kind of going back through the game. Um, I guess just to start from point A is the fact that Paul Brown Stadium was on fire. Hey. <laughs> probably spent a little more than I should have on a ticket. (laughs) And I ended up in the very top row, um, which both you and I like sitting high. Um, And I will just say that that is, I, I go to Ohio state. That is one of the loudest stadiums I have ever heard was Saturday night. Yeah. It, it, it looked like it was rocking Um, to start off, you know, the Bengals started off really hot. Um, and I don't know, uh, you know, that, that first quarter was, it went really, really well. Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow were cooking. They had four catch. Jamar had four catches on that first drive. Um, and then he ended with nine, but you know, it, it kind of seemed like the, the, it was backwards of what I thought was going to happen. They came out, I thought they were going to come out tight. Yep, but it really the opposite happened. They came out loose, and then they got tight in the second half, which was kind of weird to see. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I I think that the one theme coming out of the early part of that game is that Zach Taylor. We talked about this last week when we talked about looking ahead at this game. I think Zach Taylor realized I'm going to put the ball in number nine's hands, and I'm going to make him. I'm going to let him work because I think. I could be wrong. I think they came out in empty the first two play, two or three plays of the game right off the bat in empty. Well, I, I still think it's absolutely insane. And, and, and if you listen to, you know, the national media talk about it, um, you got to take everything they say with a grain of salt. Cause do they really watch the games like very closely? Probably not. Um, but I think it's absolutely insane that the Bengals on third and ones and fourth and ones come out in empty. I mean, that is crazy. The, the, the Packers don't even do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? The only team, that, the only other team that does that is the Chiefs. Um, and, and they don't even really do that. So it's just crazy to see the Bengals on a third and one 
come out in and empty. It just blows. I've never seen that before. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely insane. And the, just the, the absolute faith that, that continues to grow in Joe Burrow from this coaching staff is, is really scary because once, and I know we have harped on this the whole season. I mean, even though he played well on Saturday, once they get a better player than Isaiah Prince at right tackle, and once they get a better player than Hakeem Adeniji or a better developed player than Hakeem Adeniji at right guard, and and teams are not even getting to Joe Burrow. Oh, good. It's luck. over. Well, good you know, it, it, it. You could even say it's like, um, if they get a top ten, just say top ten O line. Say they have that O line from when Andy was young, when they had, you know, Whitworth and Zeitler, and you know, and, and all those dudes. I feel like if Joe Burrow even had that, he. Okay, how many times did he get sacked this year? 51? Was it 51 officially? One, and then he was sacked twice on Saturday. Okay, so 53 times in eight, well, 17 games because he didn't play the 18th game. Yeah. You know, that, that's over three a game. If you limit that to 30 or 25 sacks, dude, Joe Burrow's thrown for 5,000 yards. Um, and, and it's not really close. He would I, he would look like Aaron Rodgers with a top ten line, and I, and and that's crazy to say, but he would put up those kind of stats, I believe. I I don't disagree with you, and I think and like I said, I see a Prince, and, and Grant, oh, I think I think dude. some of the scheme had a had a lot to do with this. He actually did a pretty suitable job against Max Crosby on Saturday. He didn't let him wreck the game. He didn't let him wreck the game, but he's still not good. He's not good, but the coaches did a great job. And I, I agree. Isaiah Prince won enough reps that Max Crosby did not wreck the game like we thought he may. And then the left side of the line was just like Rock it has been all season. Yeah. Very solid. You didn't really see a lot coming from that side. No, Yannick Ngakwe basically wasn't playing um, yeah. with the way Johnny Williams and Quentin Spain were, were, were passing him off. But the thing that was, you know, I, I know you were at the game, so they were talking about on the broadcast. They were chipping Max Crosby like oh, yeah. every every play, <laughs> and when you have Isaiah Prince blocking him, you have to. But I mean, I think Samaje Piran did a great job because Samaje Piran is the blocking um, is the blocking running back because Joe Mixon can't block. We know that, but Joe Mixon can do everything else except block, and that is that's absolutely fine with me. Um, he didn't have that good of a day. Mixon did. He only, what, 17 for 48, 2.8 a carry. But that's not, you know, we didn't really need him because the Raiders were going to – the Raiders basically said, hey, you ran for what, one third? was it 150 the first time or 130? Yeah. They basically said, we're not letting that happen again, yeah. which, which makes sense. And uh, Denzel Perryman played really well for them, so uh, their the, the best linebacker. So, um, well, I don't know. But, okay, I wanted to talk about this. That fourth and one. Oh, yes, the yes, this is what before. I want to talk about. The fourth and one, they called a timeout. So they were they were going to run a sneak, but the, 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 front, um, the front didn't look good. So then they come back out on fourth and one. Everybody shifts to the middle. Um, and then Jamar Chase runs like a Navy, <laughs> like a Navy toss, like a, like a triple op. It looks like something out of the triple ops without the fullback. Um, and gets like what 20 yards out of that yeah 
that was one of the most creative play calls I've ever seen. Um, and that's saying a lot because we're saying Zach Taylor with creativity and that's kind of lack sometimes this year. Um, but that, that, that play was awesome. That in a nutshell is why you hire a guy like Zach Taylor, because, you know, you've got these coaches, LaFleur, Shanahan, McVay, and I'm not putting Zach Taylor in that tier because we, we haven't really seen enough out of him to put him in that tier, but for sake of argument, let's put him in that tier. And these guys just find novel ways to use their playmakers, whether it's Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco with Debo Samuel in the backfield, whether it's Matt LaFleur in Green Bay with the amount of creative ways they get Devontae Adams the ball, or in L.A. when the Rams had Robert Woods earlier this year, the creative ways they got him the ball. Point being, if you're a good coach and a good scheme Merce, good scheme guy you figure out when to get your guys the ball at the most important moments and what a masterful play call that was to jamar chase on that play because exactly like you said everybody in the stadium thinks you're qb sneaking that ball because it's it's literally like six inches yep. and then you motion jamar chase into the backfield and run a toss crack sweep to the right and you get yep. 20 yeah, and you get on a play where you need like a foot, um, you get what? Uh, I'm trying to think. You get three blockers. You had uh, three blockers on two defenders. So, and you have Jamar Chase running the ball who can make a guy miss. So that, that, that that's pretty good. Uh, that's pretty good odds. Also, Jamar Chase had three carries, which was kind of surprising too. But I think that's just part of the, he's like Jamar Chase is really hot right now. Um, and I think they're just trying to get the ball in his hands. And Joe Mixon wasn't doing anything. Um, but what do you think about uh, – I wanted, to, I wanted to talk about this because I was thinking about this during the game. Chris Evans had that one rush for about 10 yards. I think he should play more. I really do. I, I tell you what, though. So the Bengals were without <clears throat> Stanley Morgan, who is their best yeah. receiver. Yeah. And Auden Tate – could potentially be back against Tennessee this weekend. Yeah. And if you're a Bengals fan, that just has to make you downright giddy. Because like you said, in this whole season, we've seen Zach Taylor develop these wrinkles with Jamar Chase and everybody else in the offense. We've seen Chris Evans and Samaje Pirine develop, both as blockers and as runners yeah. and as receivers. And now – for Zach Taylor, who it feels like is kind of finding his mojo as a play caller, you know, take out the Cleveland game because that was all backups, but he has d- drawn up some really cool stuff this last couple, these last couple of weeks. And now you add back in, you get your best run blocker back. You get a, 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 a good role receiver in Auden Tate back. And now you're starting to see Chris Evans come along. Um, you know, we're going to talk about it later this week, but man, you got to feel pretty good about where this Bengals offense is at heading into, uh, Tennessee on, on Saturday. Oh yeah. And we talked about this before. Tennessee is a really good matchup for the Bengals. I think like, and, um, you know, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry is going to be back. Um, and I wanted to talk about this too. This will lead into uh, another thing I have. The D-line, the interior D-line depth is going to be 
maybe there's a D-line depth in general if uh, Trey Henderson can't um, get out of the concussion protocol is going to be a problem. Um, and Josh Jacobs, we saw him, you know, get get a couple big runs. I mean, he had 13 carries for 83 yards, 6.4 yards a carry. Um, I'm kind of worried it, it, if those guys can't get healthy. Because I think – well, I mean, let's just – Larry Ogunjobi, I think, is going to be out for the season. That's what's what it sounded like. Uh, Zach Taylor in his press conference said Josh Tupo has a chance to play. Um, and then the guys who are healthy, they had to play 90% of the snaps as a D lineman, which is nuts. Did you see this? what Sam Hubbard said? Yeah. He said he didn't even know what down it was um, on that fourth down, which is crazy. Yeah. The Bengals D-line depth um, switching to the defensive side now. I mean, Hendrickson goes down with a concussion. Uh, Ogan Jovi goes out with a foot injury. Mike Daniels goes out on the second or third play of the game with a groin. He is not playing this week. He's already been uh, ruled out. Josh Tupo got injured against Cleveland. He's week to week. Maybe we see him on Saturday. Maybe we don't. Yeah. Rennell Wren got hurt against Cleveland, and he is sort of a last gasp option at that defensive line spot. Yeah, so he, now, yeah. going he's bad anyway. You're looking at – you're probably going to have DJ Reader, BJ Hill, Sam Hubbard. And if you get Hendrickson back out of the concussion protocol, Hendrickson. But, you know, God, they are really, really thin on the defensive line after, after Saturday. And we talked about that all season, especially after Joseph Osai went out. They really, really, really – that's one of the holes on this team is their depth along the D-line. And luckily, the Raiders don't have the weapons to sort of take advantage of that, and they don't have an O-line to take advantage of that. But, boy, do some of these teams remaining in the AFC have those weapons to take advantage of that. Absolutely. The Titans have the best weapon to take advantage of that, uh, and Derrick Henry. But, um, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see because I think the Bengals can match up really well with the Titans in the passing game. Because the, the Titans, I feel like, are their offense is a lot like the Raiders. Um, they do a lot of play-action stuff. They set it up with the run, and then they do the play-action with A.J. Brown. Uh, Julio, I mean, they have Julio, but he's kind of a shell of, him for, of his former self. I'll say that. But um, but I mean, we're getting into the next week. We're going to do that with the Titans episode. But, yeah, I, just the D-line depth is going to be a very, very big issue. I saw, you see Jesse, what Jesse Bates said? Jesse Bates was talking about if Geno Atkins wanted to come back for a week, but I don't, that's probably, that's probably not going to happen. Speaking of, I think he is the defensive MVP from, from Saturday night. Um, Jesse Bates was everywhere on Saturday. He saved night. the game. He saved the game on that third down or the second down. On the, he saved the game. He had a key pass breakup in the end zone. He yeah. had, a key pass breakup on Hunter Renfro. Yeah. He, he absolutely smothered Brian Edwards on one hit inside. The oh, yeah. Um, that man was everywhere on Saturday night. And we've been begging to see this Jesse Bates the whole season. And, you know, I guess just the luck of the draw, whenever you need him the most, he comes through, and boy, did he come through in a big, big way Saturday night for the Bengals. Yeah, and he came he came up big in the game that we needed him most. He hasn't really played that well this year. Yeah. Um, he hasn't played bad, but he hasn't played like the best safety in the NFL. 
um, kind of like he did last year. Um, but he played unbelievable on Saturday night. Unbelievable. He played really well Saturday night. And I would say, even though they gave up 315 yards passing, I would say that as a whole, the secondary played pretty well on Saturday night. It seemed like Darren Waller was limited. Most of the time, the defense got gashed for a big pass play. It was because Derek Carr was able to sit back there and and make things happen because the Bengals backup D line couldn't get any pressure. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the pressure rate from when Tradington was in to when he was out was unbelievable. It, it, It reminded me of the Bengals pass rush last year. Yeah. When just nothing was going. I mean, they had like nine sacks all year as a team or whatever. That's what it reminded me of. And that's what it looked like. They had, they got no pressure whatsoever. And that yep. was kind of that was kind of part of the downfall of the second half, and um, you know, kind of kind of that, that transition. Um, the Bengals didn't play well. I don't think they. I don't think they really played that well. That's another great point, and that's another thing worth talking about. How much more confident do you feel in this team going forward in the playoffs? Now that you know they can win a game like this, where they don't play their best and still win by a touchdown. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's let's also be honest. The Raiders aren't very good. Um, so let's not – it's not like they just beat the Chiefs or the Bills, right? The, the Raiders really are not a good football team um, on paper or in, you know, real life. But it's good to get that win. I think, you know, it, it does make me confident that they still won a game because we've seen them this year when they don't play well, they lose a close game or they lose by three or – you know, something weird happens where they can't pull it out, like the San Francisco game or something weird or the, you know, even the Packers game. But it is good to see that they got the monkey off the city's back. I don't think the monkey was on their back because they said, because I think the fans were way more nervous than they were. Way more nervous. And it's kind of nice. Zach Taylor said that now the city can relax and kind of take it in and, you know, take in this team for what it is. Instead of being, or instead of worrying about, oh, how are they going to mess it up? A couple of of interesting comments I want to bring up before I t- before we talk about the disaster that is Jerome Boger's officiating crew. Oh my gosh! <laughs> the one comment that you know makes me feel the most confident, not just about what the team does the rest of these playoffs, because you know. They're an underdog this week. If they lose, you know, they've kind of accomplished what we wanted them to accomplish. Well, this is, yeah. Get that way, over, way ahead of schedule. Go ahead. Way ahead of schedule, yeah. The one thing that Joe Burrow said immediately after the game on the field is, we expected to win this game. We're excited, but we expected to win, and we're moving on to next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For a – for a guy with this cool, calm, confident demeanor to come to a franchise that hasn't won the big game and that hasn't advanced in the postseason and that has seen so much overconfidence lead to lacking results, for him to come here and then win the postseason game and then immediately after say, well, yeah, we expected to win. It's not a big deal. <laughs> I mean – all you can do is almost just laugh to yourself and say, is this real? We, well, I, I laughed and said it was, if it was real when he was wearing those 
when he was wearing the glasses glasses in the post-game interview. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of crazy to think that, you know, it, and I don't think they really understand uh, older Bengals fans' pain of uh, the 31 years. I don't think that the players really get that because, the, I mean, they've been here for, you know, most of them, I mean, the, the longest tenured Bengal has been, I mean, Kevin Huber understands. CJ Uzama doesn't really understand. He only was in the playoffs for once, once before, but you know, none of these guys understand the 31 years of pain. And that's a good thing. That's a great thing. Yeah. Cause I think they would have played a lot tighter on Saturday if they would have really understood that. <laughs> yeah. I think that, you know, and you know, thank God we got CJ Uzoma mic'd up because I'm very interested to see kind of how his emotions came out at the end of that game. But when you have a team that, you know, everybody's going to say, well, act like you've been there before, yada, yada, yada. No, <laughs> we haven't been here before. And yeah. to be perfectly honest with you, I'm damn glad that we haven't been here before because it feels pretty good to not have – and, you know, this sounds like uh, I'm, I'm taking it too easy on the Bengals and I'm just being a fan that's like, oh, I'm only going to cheer for them when it's good. There's no expectations the rest of the way. They're playing with house money. And if I'm the Titans, I am deathly scared of Saturday. Oh, yeah. yeah, I think I, I'm telling you, the, the Bengals really uh, – um, just got an update. Bengals uh, place Larry Ogunjobi on IR as of right now. So there you go. Joby's out, but yeah, Bengals are playing with house money. They don't really have anything to lose. Um, and their offense really poses problems to the, to, to the Titans defense. I think it really, really does. And I think that because there's really no more, I mean, they have expectations in the building, but I think they're going to play hyper aggressive on Saturday and yeah. just come after the Titans. Yeah, because how do you, because how how have teams beat the Titans in the past? I know we'll get into it, but just a little snippet of what I want to talk about later in the week. You get up on them early, and they can't use Derrick Henry, so that that's all I'm going to say about that right now. But yeah, it's it's going to be really interesting to see what they do. Yeah, it's going to be really really interesting to see what happens next Saturday against the Titans. But for now, I almost just wanted to make this episode you and me looking at each other smiling for 30 minutes with no audio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just release the audio. Because that's exactly how I just felt. Really, yeah, or just release the video. No I, audio. Just. I was driving back to Columbus Saturday night, and I, one of my buddies from Ohio State was with me, and I was just driving back, and I was just – the whole time I was just smiling and right. thinking, it's over. Yeah. We watched the Cowboys yesterday – meltdown we watched the dolphins fire their coach after two winning seasons and for all the shit and the criticism that the bengals have taken over the past however many years you want to quantify that as um it feels damn good it feels damn good to win one it, it feels uh, damn good What's what's that quote from, from Kevin Malone in the office where he's talking about something or other and he looks into the camera and he just says it it feels nice to win one for once. Yeah, it, and it does feel nice to win one for once. So, yeah, feels good. But, alas, that's over with. We are now looking forward to next Saturday or Saturday 
against the Titans in Tennessee at 4.30. We'll be back later this week to preview that. Before I get out of here, I want to give you a trivia question. Sounds good. So we know that the Bengals have never won a road playoff game. What is the Bengals' all-time re- uh, record in divisional playoff games? Hmm. How many games have they played? They've played three. Oh, my God. Two and one. There you go. Their all-time winning percentage is 667. So they have a winning record in the divisional round. Can you, Dude, they've been a franchise since 1969. And they have <laughs> – they've only been in three divisional round games. It's kind of crazy. But, hey, we're 2-0 and in the AFC Championship, so if we make it, we're going to win. I don't, hey, uh, are you going to take a Bengals future right now to win the AFC? I already have them to win the Super Bowl at plus 7,000, baby. <laughs> what was it, 10 to win 700? Yep. You are going to be a very happy man. So I allowed myself to start thinking last night, you know, the Bengals break the playoff curse. The Bengals do all these other things this year. The first time they sweep the Steelers and the Ravens for a long time. I've allowed myself to start thinking, how cool would it be if it was the Bengals and the 49ers in the Super Bowl and the Bengals finally win the Super Bowl against the team that has beaten them in the first two? Well, I think, you know. That's getting ahead of ourselves. I agree, but just a quick side note. I think the 49ers are going to beat the Packers this week. I think that's going to be a really good game. And then I think Bill's Chiefs on Sunday night is going to be awesome. Dude, can both teams lose? And then we just automatically advance <laughs> into the Super Bowl? Because I honestly, this season's been great. I don't, I, it's going to be hard to go into Buffalo or Kansas City and win a game. See, but I am way more confident in their chances to beat the Chiefs. I do not like the way the Bengals match up with the Bills right now. Yeah, I agree. So, but that is further down the road. What all oh, we need now right. yes. is that the Bengals have finally won a playoff game. For the first time in 31 years, the city of Cincinnati is happy in the month of January. Yeah. And it feels pretty damn good to say those words. So we'll be back later this week to preview the Titans. Um, yeah. That's all we got, but I think we would be fools if we didn't let you out of here without a big who day. Who day. Who day.